Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about the fine points of book etiquette and interviewing author Gail Carriger. But first, what are you reading, Bria? Oh, I'm reading a book that was recommended to us a couple of episodes ago by Elsa Shenazen Henry. The book is not by her. She recommended it. It is called Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel. <gasps> oh my god, it's so good, right? Have you read it? Yeah. Oh, it's great. So I'm only I'm not very far into it, so you could probably explain it as well as I can, but it seems to be about some sort of worldwide epidemic also mixing in Shakespeare as a theme. Yeah. Is that sort of the idea? It, it's basically it's about both the before and after of like an apocalyptic like epidemic yeah it's taken over the world and the after part is this girl and she is traveling around like this like destroyed north america with a shakespearean company then they put on shows as entertainment and they go from town to town and that's how they make their living but it also opens up with a big shakespearean scene too because the the first guy who dies dies publicly or one of the major people who dies dies publicly while while doing shakespeare yes doing king lear yeah I, I'm actually not a big Shakespeare, like I don't know a ton about Shakespeare, but um, it's been really interesting so far. It's wicked good. What are you reading, Mallory? I just started a book called The Blinds by Adam Sternberg. It's on my list. I'm waiting for it at the library. It was one of my book of the month club picks. Oh, cool. And, and I just started it, but it's wicked good. It's basically about this town in Texas where people who have had violent pasts have been convicted of violent crimes go. And when you go there, you get your memory wiped. So you don't remember any of your violent pasts and you get a new name. And so it's just this town of like not even 50 people, but it opens up with a suicide and no one can figure out how this happened because no one in the town is allowed to have guns or weapons. Oh. So it's about like trying to solve this mystery and people start, you know, remembering things that had happened and it's, it's great so far. Oh, yeah. And and I, I was listening to someone talk about it, and they were saying how it's so weird because there's romance happening, and you're, like, having a romantic relationship, and you're like, is am I romancing with the person who is a murderer? And, like, you don't even know. Romancing the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spinoff. I'm going to write that. Please write Romancing the Murderer. That sounds like a great book. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We got a lot of feedback for our TBR episode. Ashley wrote in, This episode had me thinking about an issue that I always have with book lists. Last night I had two New York Times articles open, summer reading recommendations, and books to breathe through this summer. They were just sitting there waiting for me to read again, to reference when trying to decide what to read next or write down and save. So then I have to switch back and forth between my notes app or the want to read section of my Goodreads app, adding the books to it. And then I wonder, why can't this be easier? Why can't there be an add to Goodreads overdrive? button in the article or something like how a spotify playlist is embedded into music articles or maybe something like this exists and i just don't know about this actually this is a really good point actually we're going to talk about this in a future episode but that's kind of why i love litzy because if you see a post about a book you can like right there in the post add it to your want to read list oh that's cool that's why i when i go to the bookstore i my my to buy list is my litzy list yeah this is an interesting this is very interesting because it would it would definitely solve the problem of the very long iphone notes list book list and you would just have it somewhere i have been using the wish list in in overdrive so i just go and i just put everything on my wish list and it doesn't mean i'm like checking them out or putting on hold i just know it's there so i don't have to worry about it that's one thing I've been doing. But Ashley makes a really good point. All you tech people, you guys can design yes. some kind of magic widget thing. We'll give you that. We'll give you. That's this not even here, trademarked. You can have idea, it. idea, tech people. <laughs> Tina also wrote in about our TBR episode to tell us about her complex 
very complex ebook reading system. She uses ereadereek.com. That's E R E A D E R I Q. We'll put it in the show notes. .com. And there's a Chrome extension that allows you to put in a price for a book and we'll track down that book and send you an email when the book reaches that price. She has four different price level wish lists depending on her level of interest. And once she buys a book, it goes into a TBR collection on her Kindle where she chooses her next e-read from. Tina, lots, lots of respect for me. Mad kudos. I love incredibly complex TBR <laughs> systems. This, when I read this email, which was much longer than what we just read. I had to like make a synopsis out of the email because it was just like, I was, I clapped. I was really impressed. <laughs> Alex also wrote in to tell us, I find the full bookshelf of unread books overwhelming and I'm more likely to ignore books at my bedside rather than read them. What I do is keep a small stack of books next to my usual seat in the living room. The small stack of books is far less likely to scare me off as a full shelf and keeping them where I usually sit means I'm more inclined to grab one when I'm bored. Even further, I keep the selection varied and try not to keep a strict order so I, if I finish a book and don't feel like I'm in the mood for the very next book by my seat I can root through the pile for something a bit more up my alley very good idea Alex oh I like that and then it's not the books next to your bed staring at you while you're trying to sleep at night yes those books just keep it keep it you keep one eye open to keep it on the books so they're not gonna murder you in your sleep <laughs> well I can't do that because my cats knock them over in the middle of the night which drives me out of my mind <laughs> yeah that would be really annoying it's so well I also think that I'm I'm being murdered <laughs> <laughs> You can email us your feedback at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle, who runs our Facebook group. You can go on there. We have a ton of people on there right now, and there's a lot of great reading yeah, conversations. There's, there's like over 500 fans in there. It's amazing. You guys are so cool. And uh, also, we want to thank Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. Before we discuss reader etiquette, we're going to take a quick break. I'm comedian and movie buff Ricky Carmona, and I'm excited to tell you about a new show I'm doing called Who Shot Ya? Join me, LA Weekly film critic April Wolf. I'm gonna call Star Wars when it comes out the Clint Howard Project. <laughs> film reviews editor for The Rap, Alonzo Duraldi. Everything Charlize Theron knows about killing somebody with a high heeled shoe, she learned from single white female, trust me. <laughs> and our dope ass friends each week. The stunt guys were asking me, like, do you need a stunt double in here to, for, for you to skate? I'm like, no, no, I, I was on skates at three. So if you're tired of whack opinions and you're looking for a smart, funny film discussion show, check out Who Shot Your Son? That's what we do. And you can find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. This week, we're talking book etiquette. Now, readers can be very particular people. We get very protective of our books. We get grumpy about spoilers. We get sensitive about book recommendations. There's a lot of fine points of book etiquette to navigate. We get so many listener questions asking us to weigh in on these debates that we decided to dedicate a whole episode to it. Okay, first up, this is a big contentious point. Very contentious point, especially on the internet. When is it okay to spoil a book for someone? What if someone keeps spoiling books for you, that same person? Do you just cut them out of your life? Do you just do you murder put them? a poison slowly into their their <laughs> drinks? We talked about murder like four times on this. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> I'm reading a murdery book. <laughs> I guess that's true. I was listening to a murder podcast before you came over. Very murdery day today. <laughs> uh, we we actually had a listener write in to ask, what can she do because her mom won't stop spoiling things? Oh, no! Things. So obviously you can't murder your mom. So what do you say, Mallory? So honestly, I... <sighs> 
I think it's really never okay to spoil a book, except for, well, the point that you're going to make makes a lot of sense. But unless you know for sure that that person is a Bria and doesn't care about spoilers. Let's remind people what a Bria is. Person who doesn't care about spoilers. Mallory does. That's a Bria. I'm a Bria. Mallory's a Mallory. (laughs) I do care about spoilers. I have this problem a lot with my grandfather where my grandfather calls me and he's like, Mallory, I just read this great book. And he starts to list the entire plot of the book and I have to be like, crappy, crappy, crappy. You got to stop. Yeah. Please stop. I'm going to read it. Don't That's worry. more annoying to me, by the way, than spoilers is someone who will proceed to tell me the entire plot of a book where I'm like, just don't tell me the whole thing. I'm just okay, bored. Okay, Mr. Wikipedia. Now I'm bored. Like, I don't care about what the spoiler. I just don't want to be bored right now. Uh, but I don't think it's ever okay to reveal a spoiler. You always ask somebody before they blurt out something. Like, if you, you say, hey, have you read this book? Or what part are you on? Just so you know. Because you don't know. Maybe you're maybe you're a me, and knowing what happens in a book affects your reading your reading of it. The only caveat we're really, to this, we're really, by the way, pushing the labels of Bria and Mallory. Tra- like we really want to separate who we are, guys. We're gonna trademark these. Are you a me or are you a you? <laughs> team spoilers versus team no spoilers. <laughs> the only caveat to this, though, is if you're warning somebody about a potential trigger. Yeah, like if you like if a book has a suicide or a rape, or if you're Mallory and Bria, Bria doesn't like dog death. Yeah, Mallory- my, my friend Cassandra literally is in charge of telling me if a book or movie has a dog death and i really appreciate it because she'll say hey have you seen this and i'll be like no and she's like don't go see it and i'm like okay great (laughs) my friends do that with me for snakes i have a crippling phobia of snakes snakes all snakes all snakes even reading about snakes even reading about snakes freaks me the fuck out Mm -hmm. so if a book is a snake book someone will be like hey mallory snake warning and i I will growing up in east texas i have some really scary snakes never tell them to me ever please there's always snakes in the pool <laughs> My, honestly, I, I everybody get out of the pool. There's a snake in that pool. You got to get out. That was like the horrifying childhood. Like. I would literally fly into the sun. <laughs> no thanks. So this sounds weird, but it's, if it's really important to you, if you're Mallory and someone you know in your life is spoiling things, it sounds really silly. But you just need to have a serious conversation with them. With the offending spoiler, you just have to say, look. Having a book spoiled for me really bothers me. You need to stop doing this. And if they care about you, they will stop. And if they don't, they're garbage. You can throw them away. I don't say just throw them away. (laughs) Put them right in the trash. (laughs) (laughs) Just just wheel over a giant trash can and just point at it until they get the idea. Over and over. Point. Don't say anything else. (laughs) What do you think, Bria? Um, Well, okay. So I I understand most people are not me. I'm not going to, like, shove my... my, Not everybody can be a Bria. Not everybody can be a Bria. But I do think... There is a grace period. This I do agree with. Okay? So you can tell people the end of The Great Gatsby. It's been out for a long, <laughs> long time. There's been several movies made. It's like, yeah. come on. Like, I I don't really sure remember what the end of The Great Gatsby is, but I feel like maybe it was important to the story. Very sad. I Whatever. It's important. You Gatsby doesn't make it, guys. <laughs> he doesn't make it. I just think if it's been out for a while, if people talked about the end very publicly, I, I think that it's okay to spoil a certain amount. But again... I don't feel like when you're telling someone about a book and they haven't read it, there is no need to talk about it for that long. You just say, it's about this. I think you'd really enjoy it. You don't have to tell people every detail anyway. Also, I have a thing about this. If you if you don't, if you're a Mallory and you don't like spoilers, don't get into situations where your things are going to be spoiled. If you hear two people talking about the book and they're trying to have a discussion, leave them alone. Yeah, okay? that's, good. that's good. I get really grumpy about this because people get mad at me because I'm a big Twin Peaks fan and I tweet about Twin Peaks after I watch the latest episode and people are like, don't spoil it for me. I'm like, this is my own fucking Twitter page. Don't, go somewhere else. Don't get on Twitter. Don't just go. Like, this is my personal space. So, you know what? With the spoiler world, you just have to be very conscientious on both sides, mm-hmm. whether you're a Mallory or a Bria. Mm-hmm. So 
this is also a big one. What's the polite way to borrow a book from somebody? Okay, do you want to know Emily Post's rule? Yes, I do. I, so I went. I spent a lot I don't of time know on. Who, I don't know who Emily Post is. Oh, she's like the etiquette maven. She wrote a newspaper column. Is Emily Post, and people would write in their oh. their problems. But now there's a whole Emily Post school of thought that has an internet presence we can link to, oh. and they have they answer these kinds of questions. And so the Emily Post school, she's not alive anymore, rule for borrowing something is, well, one, they think that you actually shouldn't borrow things. But their rules are, if you want to borrow something, you ask, but you don't persist. If someone seems like they don't want you to borrow it, you return it in the same condition, or if you screw it up, you actually need to replace it. Agreed. And... They actually, and then also just don't borrow things from people if you can avoid it. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually try to not borrow books from people unless I like, I borrow, like I'll borrow something from you, but I see you all the time. Yeah, and, we see like, each other a couple times a week. Yeah, I'll only borrow something from somebody if I see them all the time and I'm very close to them. I don't like borrowing books from people because I like to eat snacks when I read. And yep. I don't, like, I like to be comfortable. If I'm reading a book that somebody else's, I'm not, like, totally relaxed. You can't, when you borrow a book from someone, you can't really read in the tub, you can't read it when you're eating snacks you can't poop read can't dog ear it you have to you're basically treating it like a library book you know and it, but if <laughs> poop read i have a big intense rule it's like that seinfeld episode with george and he tries to bring the book that he bought from the bookstore into the bathroom and they're like sir you haven't paid for that yet you can't bring it into the oh, bathroom I know this episode oh well and they're like you can't bring it in there i'm for that yeah i don't think you should poop with other people's books it's, it's like just splashing happening i don't know poop particles in the air it's you just gross. leave it alone. real gross but if you do borrow a book from somebody you i think the, the important first thing is ask when the person needs it back if they don't care one to two months i think is acceptable after that even if you haven't read it if you're looking at this book you're like eh, it's been a month it's been two months i should probably just give this back because you know it's just it's just polite and if you think you're going to forget about it put it aside from the rest of your books i have a, i have a little area in my library that i keep books that i have borrowed from people or people want me to borrow that way i don't forget about it it's off to the side and if you ruin it accidentally i if like i had a friend who got chocolate cake all over one of my copies of american gods by neil gaiman and he didn't buy me a new version which is some bullshit yeah, you should just, I will I never forget should, that. I think you should buy it without, if you're listening, without asking. Don't even give them the option. If you get something on somebody's book, if you ruin it anyway, you just buy them a new copy. By the way, I, I shouldn't borrow things from anybody. My brother always is like, you're the worst at giving things back. And I know that about myself, so I'm always like, okay, remember to give this back to this person. Because it just ends up and I'm like, I should give that back. And then I never do. Yeah. So, But that's just me knowing myself. I shouldn't borrow things. Yeah, be honest with yourself, guys. Mm -hmm. Who are you? Are you a person who gives books back? Are you a person who keeps them and sells them at a garage sale eventually? Oh, God. So on the other side of things, what's the polite way to get a book back? Okay, you have a system for we this. Because have... if someone has borrowed a book from you and you want it back because you are aware of all the books that have been taken from you, which, by I... the way, I have no idea if someone has one of my books for I... the most part. I have a very detailed inventory in mm -hmm. my brain. Mm -hmm. If you have borrowed a book from me, I know when you took it. I know where you live. I know everything that's going on. And I, again, I give it a couple of months. So I have a system that is very different from Bria's. It's actually the opposite of Bria's system. And it's not very morally correct. But you know what? Fuck it. I lie. What I do, <laughs> if, I, if I want a book back from somebody, and it's normally just because it's been a while and I don't like 
when people keep my books for a long time. I like having my books and who knows who knows if I'm going to want to read it or let somebody else borrow it. What I do is I lie and say that I need it back for something. I'll text them and be like, hey, that author is coming to town and I want to get that book signed. Or I'll just like fucking lie. Because- By the way, everyone is going to know this is about you now. I know. And like I people know. are going to be like, uh, Mallory just texted me and said that there's an a book <laughs> that she's going to sign, but clearly she doesn't. <laughs> clearly she just wants that book back. It's pretty bad. And But then that way you have a hard date you could be like hey i'm going to see this author on this date that way you have to get it back by that time and it's just it like will push them along a little bit also if you're afraid of them like calling you out on your bluff and being like oh i'll come to the event with you just say you need it for a specific reason say your book a book club is reading it say some say your mom wants to borrow it that way it'll it gives you a reason because i'm always stuck floundering like oh i just want this book back but how do i do that without being a dick just say that you need it what about you bria I just don't get it back. That's You're my, so my, this zen. Is my This is my life. If that book is at someone else's house and I really want it back, but I don't want to ask for it, they just own that book now and I just buy another one if I really need it. So this happens to me a lot with comic books because I collect... Com- I would I, rather murder somebody. I collect graphic novels, you know, and um, particularly I needed a book a couple of weeks ago because I wanted to reread it and uh, they're making a TV show of this particular book and I wanted to reread it before the TV show TV show came out. But an ex-boyfriend has the first, Ugh, the first trade. And so I was worst. like, I'm not going to go to his house. I'm not going to call him. I'm just going to go buy it again. Unless it's like not in print anymore or something. I, it, it, you just own that book now. It's yours, and I'm let the karma hit you on the way out. (laughs) There's a special circle in hell for people who take books and never give them back. (laughs) All right, next question. What do you do when someone insists you read a book, but you don't really want to read it? They're like, oh, I got you this book because I thought it would be perfect for you, or I really think you should read this book. Have you read it yet? Have you read it yet? Have you read it yet? Oh, my God, have you read that book I suggested for you or bought for you? What do you do? What is is the etiquette for that? This makes me want to crawl inside my own self like a like a armadillo. I hate this. This is in stages. Like first thing, I just kind of like vaguely brush them off. Like I'll be like, "Oh, I haven't gotten to it yet," or you know, "Oh, I just been really busy," which is everyone knows is a fucking lie because I make, I make a lot of time for reading and if I want to read something, I will. And if they get it for me, I'll let it live on my bookshelf for a while, but I'll probably end up donating it. I just think it's not okay to be pushy about someone reading something. It just never is. I think the etiquette for for getting a book for somebody or suggesting a book to someone you either suggest it to them or you get it for them and then you fucking forget about it okay it's just not okay to bother somebody and but if they keep insisting then then i think it's appropriate to come right out and say listen i'm just not interested in this book and this goes in the opposite direction it's great to recommend books to friends and get books as gifts but it's never okay to check in and see if they've read it don't pressure people you know and if and if someone gets really really pushy then you you know Go get out that trash can again. (laughs) Wheel over the trash can and point at it until they understand what you're trying to say. You just like go live in a trash can. And this goes for even people who are close to you. Again, me and my grandfather, I'm I'm very, very close with my grandfather. And we talk on the phone every week and we read books together. And this is one book that he's been wanting me to read. And he was just like would not stop. And finally, I was like, Grampy, I I really just don't want to read this book. You just have to come out and say it. I think you can say it. Because you know what? You're just dragging it out. 
the sooner the sooner you tell them you don't want to read it the sooner and you know what because it's one of those things where if you say that or, or if you lie and say that you liked it they're just gonna keep getting you books like that guys that's true i i'm with you on this i think you can just say i don't really want to read it um you don't really have that much time maybe me because i'm a people pleaser i will try to read about 50 pages of the book but if it's not my wheelhouse i'm just like hey this is just not my thing. I have too many books about giant robots to read. Like I don't have the I don't have the time to read this drama. Like there's way too many space travel books that I haven't gotten to yet. So when it, what if you finally did read the book that somebody recommended or wrote? Yikes! Uh-oh. And you didn't like it. Oh no! So what do you think, guys? You just gotta be honest. If so, if they're like directly ask you like like. No way that you can brush them off. They straight to your face say, hey, did you like this? You just got to be honest. You got to say, it just wasn't for me. Remember, there's just no shame in not liking a book. Everyone's had that weird experience where like everyone's read this one big buzzy book and everyone loves it and you read it and you just didn't like it. Guys, remember, being a reader is your half of the book equation, okay? You're bringing all of your life experiences and thoughts and opinions to the book, which means you're going to have a totally different experience with it than your friend or your mom or your cousin or whatever. So if you didn't like it, it's not the writer's fault. It's not your fault. It's just didn't work out. It's like, you know, if you went on a date with someone that someone set up a blind date for you and it didn't work out, it's fine. It's like Oprah says. She says some people like pineapple juice, but she doesn't. So maybe it's your pineapple juice. It's your pineapple juice. Quote Oprah. You know, a tr- someone who's a good friend, they're not going to argue with you. They're not going to get offended. They're not going to make you feel bad. Also, don't lie and say you haven't read it yet. Because what if they go out and buy you a copy? <laughs> it's totally true. I do think there is a way to say, to compliment the thing that you do like. Right? And anything you, you can be like, I really like that sentence structure. I enjoyed the vocabulary choice. I really like the cover. I don't know. I Bria think is so, a- guys, I mean, in, case, in case you're picking up on this, Bria is so much nicer than I am. I just think there's a way to be like, oh, I just, I loved the cover. I didn't really get that into it, but what I read, I really liked. The paper I just, like, was a lot so of other nice. Stuff to do. The paper was so smooth that it was printed on. Look, I don't, it, that way at least the person can feel like they like, they did this thing, they gave you this book or they wrote this book. You can say like, you know, I really did like how your character was this. I haven't quite finished it yet, but I'm excited to get through the rest of it. Yeah. I will. That's another thing. Never, ever tell an author, even if you know them, that you didn't like their book. Don't tag them on Twitter. Don't email them. I don't think I've ever seen a situation in real life where an author straight up to somebody's face asks them if they like their book. Authors just don't do that. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know why people feel like they need to tell. You don't got to tell them. Don't tell them that you don't like this book. You're a, you're a trash baby if you do that. Yeah, I think that there's no reason. Look, you took the time to read it. That's great. But you don't it just it, that was your own choice. You made that choice to read it. You don't have to, to let someone know you, you didn't like their book. Yeah. So, guys, just be you just got to be honest with this one, because, again, it's just going to make your future reading choices with in conversations with friends easier. They know because that, that way your friends and family will know better the things that you like. Exactly. If you have thoughts about etiquette or other etiquette quandaries or solutions, please email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear what you think. Before we ask Gail Carragher to weigh in on some of these etiquette issues, we're going to take a short break. I'm Allegra Ringo. And I'm Renee Colbert. And we host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? Renee, can I tell you about a dog I met this week? Uh, I wish that you would. In turn, though, can I tell you about a dog hero? May I tell you about a dog breed in a segment I like to call Mutt Minute? (laughs) I would love that. Could we maybe talk about some dog tech? Could we have some cool guests on, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, Nicole Byer, and Ann Wheaton? I mean... 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. You're on board. What do you say we uh, we do all of this and put it into a podcast? Yeah, okay. You think? <laughs> all right. Uh, should we call it like I don't know? Can I pet your dog? Sure. All right. Uh, what do you What do you say we put it on every Tuesday on Maximum Fun or on iTunes? Sounds good to me. <laughs> Meeting's over. So here we are with award-winning author Gail Carriger. Gail, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me very much. I'm super excited. So Gail, your books have werewolves and vampires, badass ladies with battle parasols, and lots of etiquette. How did you get into the world of etiquette and incorporate it so much into your book series? I Well, part of it is that when I started writing, I started jumped pretty solidly into steampunk, which is mostly what I write, um, although I'm, I'm writing a bunch of contemporary stuff now. but And the manners and the structure of that time period are so fascinating to me and how every kind of nuance, especially in, in upper crust society, is is monitored and guarded and, and has different protocols in place. And, um, and then how you can manipulate that to your own end. So I'm very interested. I always have been in sort of society and kind of a Machiavellian approach to society. Like how do you, how do you integrate yourself into uh, a different part of society that maybe you weren't born into? Things like that are totally fascinating to me. Um, and I think in part that I, at least I like to hope that a lot of authors are like this because we tend to be kind of observers of human interaction because uh, that's what every book is. It's a book about human and or I hope every book is about at least in part human interaction. So etiquette for me is, is part of that. Um, I think I discovered it mostly through clothing because I got very interested in how what you wear really affects how other people react to you and interact and, and, and interact with you. And I, and I, I'm a kind of a chameleon. So I would change how I look from one day to the next and then try and triage what people were um, reacting to how I looked. So I guess that's how I got into etiquette. So Gail, as an etiquette expert, we would like you to weigh in on some of our etiquette conundrums we are talking about in this episode. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. So one, a big question we get a lot is, what's the proper way to gift a book to somebody? Ooh. Oh my God, this is so hard because it's a little bit like trying to buy somebody clothing because you, you see them every day and you think you might have a handle on what they really like or you talk to them about their book love so you think they might know but like you're never prop like sure and you're not and I'm never sure how people consume books in this day and age like are they audio or do they read paper or do they read digital so it's a really hard question um but I tend to kind of have a mental list of books that um I find pretty much everybody likes, or if you like the person, if you have share a sense of humor, then you're, they're probably going to like that book. So one of my go-tos is Jasper Fjord's, um, the ear affair, because I find that anybody who has any kind of love of literature and who's read Jane Eyre or, or any Austin or anything is going to really love that book. So I guess that would be my piece of advice is kind of have in your back pocket maybe a dozen books or so that if you, once you have a sense of someone's personality, you sort of know whether they like whether they like it or not. And I would, in general, give somebody the physical book because if nothing else, then they can donate it to their local library or put it into a little library or something and, and kind of share the love that way. So I guess that would be 
my recommendation. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so this is a big problem that people have, which is how do you politely get a book back from someone that has borrowed it from you? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have these little slips. I'm I'm terrible, but I have these little slips that are like tickets and you can, I think you can find them online somewhere. Um, but they're basically like loaner tickets and they're designed for loaning people stuff, but you can just use them for books. And it's a little bit like a library card ticket. So, and it makes a, a carbon copy. So you fill it out with what book it is and who you loaned it to and when you'd like it back. And then when you give them the book, you give them the ticket with it and you have a copy. And so when, when you want the book back, you could just be like, Hey, you remember that ticket that you're now using as a bookmark? Uh, I really need the book back. I mean, this is where it really helps if you're an author or um, something tangential or like a blogger or something, because you can just say, hey, I'm writing an article and I really need the book back. So you have a good excuse to give them. (laughs) So you don't sound so demanding, but it is your book. Like you have a right to request it back. That is genius. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So on the flip side, what's the correct procedure for borrowing a book from somebody? Well, I tend to feel like unless, so if you're sort of at someone's house and you're admiring their bookshelves and you get really excited about certain books, unless they immediately offer and say, you know, hey, would you like to borrow that? If you're getting excited about a book and they don't do that, it means they're just not the kind of person who likes to loan out their books. And I totally understand that because some of my books are out of print and they're really hard to get a hold of, or I really just love, I I happen to be a mass market girl and mass markets really being phased out. So I'm really possessive over my mass market paperbacks because I just love that size. And so I just don't want to loan it because it might go missing. Or it could be that they know something about you, that you're a book hoarder or that you're not really great about getting things back. And so they just don't want to loan it to you. So unless they really offer um, I wouldn't push it. That's That would be my attitude. Okay, so here's a question. What do you do if someone gives you a book that you don't really want and mm. you don't think you're ever going to read? Okay, so I get this one all the time because I'm an uh, you know I'm an author and I have kind of a name in one particular subgenre, which is steampunk. And so people really want me to review their steampunk in the hopes that I'll give them a blurb so they can put it on their cover or use it in their press kits or marketing. And I totally understand that because um, you know it any you want to pay it forward and you want to give people a hand. And if it is a book I really love, I do want to talk about it and tell everybody to read it and stuff. But I also no, I'm not going to like something. So, you know, like there are certain tropes and archetypes that I'm just really not into, like the hero's journey. So if I get the impression that the book is going to be mainly a hero's journey, I'm just not going to buy into that. And I can usually tell pretty quickly. So I get this all the time where I'm like, someone really loves their book and really wants to give it to me. And um, I just know I'm not going to like it. And it's the hardest thing, Um, especially if this is a friend of yours that you really love and you normally share taste or, um, you know, you just know you you don't share book taste and that whatever they're going to recommend isn't going to do it for you. And honest to goodness, the etiquette in the situation is so hard and it's different as a professional than it is as a friend. So as a friend, I mean, I just say, I mean, and of course it's different if it's their book. Like if it's their book, to me, the best thing to do is to just take it and say, you know, I'm, I'm super busy and I don't have a lot of time for reading. Um, but you know, I'll try to get to it or something like that. Um, if it's a book that they just really love and they're a friend of yours, you're legitimate and just saying, you know, I don't think our tastes 
across on this particular level. So, and then you can hopefully get into a fun discussion about why and what you each like. Um, and then uh, on a professional level, which I think um, probably not a whole lot of your listeners are, but who knows, um, that's where it just gets really, really delicate. And I, I have a policy on my website that just says, hey, I, I don't blurb by request, request anymore because I've had some really um, tough times with that where, you know, I lost friendships because I was honest and, you know, and I don't want to lie. So um, my policy is just if I find the book and then I review it because I review things on Goodreads all the time, then you're totally welcome to contact me for a pull quote. Um, and that's kind of where where I've put it. But as a, as a professional, you're going to have to come up with a a policy, I think. And then it seems fair to everybody. You could just point everyone at that policy. That, I mean, that seems perfect. So what if you're reading and somebody, it could be a friend, it could be a stranger, comes up and keeps talking to you. <gasps> when you're trying to read. But <laughs> there is nothing worse in the world. Uh, I think sometimes on planes, I want to get those massive headphones to cover over my ears just to like have a big signal marker. Stop talking to me. Don't talk to me. Um, I, I think it helps in my case that I tend to have a really good resting uh, bitch face. <laughs> and I also, I look very concentrated and serious when I'm reading. And I also have a kind of icy demeanor. So um, rarely do people risk approaching me, but you always get that dude. And it's usually a dude um, who just really wants to talk to you. And if if they're super pushy, you can just say, hey, I'm working right now. This is not it's usually on a plane for me. And I'm like, this is not a, a pleasure trip for me. I have to work. I'm sorry. I really can't talk. You just sometimes with some personalities, you just have to be really, really blunt. But, you know, if it's your significant other or whatever who's trying to, is interrupting you. I mean, I'm a fan of scheduling and just being like this, these hours in the evening or whatever are reading time. And, you know, I'd love for you to come up and, and cuddle or you know, just sit next to me or whatever it is, but I need some uninterrupted time with my book. And uh, this is it of an evening. So Gail, for someone who wants to get into your book series, where's a good place to start? And where can we find your books online? Well, I would say start with Solace. It's the book I'm uh, best known for. And if you are interested in um, kind of society and etiquette and human interactions, that's a great place to start. I tend to write really lighthearted stuff and very funny and humorous. So I always listen to what you guys are talking about, what you're reading with a slight sense of awe because you seem to see read so much more like scary things and horrific things. And I always get very nervous about it. like, oh, God, they seem to be reading so much um, more in depth than I write, <laughs> but no, I actually just read Solace and it was amazing. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Be really cool women. <laughs> I <laughs> um, do. I do that. I do always. There are a couple of things that are always important to me that kind of theme through my books, and that's uh, strong women. But also, I'm very interested in kind of highlighting and making sure readers know about female friendships. They're really important to me. So I tend to. I very rarely, for example, write women backstabbing each other or anything like that because. Um, I, I just I, I just really hate that. <laughs> so uh, I tend to write a lot of supportive books. I'm very interested in the heroine's journey. So I write um, women succeeding uh, through networking and assisting each other and things like yeah, that. Yeah. 
Even your society women had depth to them. Thank your, your you. Mind. Thank you. I try really hard. Uh, and then if so, Solace is a great one to start. Uh, if you have a kid in your life, especially a young girl, I have a young adult series, which is all about exactly what I talked about at the beginning, which is this idea of etiquette. It's The first book is called Etiquette and Espionage. And it's kind of like, uh, it's a, it's a, young girl who is recruited to what she thinks is a a ladies finishing school, a boarding school. Uh, But it turns out it's actually a spy and assassin training school. So like, I mean, the books are great. And that is so high up Bria's alley. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Gail, where can we find you online? Pretty much everywhere. uh, In addition to loving, uh, human interaction in person I, I actually genuinely like social media so I tend to be having a grand old time um on most places on social media like many authors I I chat a lot on Twitter um but I'm also on um Facebook and Pinterest and all 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 the things uh Goodreads obviously I'm a, a big reader so I have a, a book group there and I'm always chatting about books and stuff so yeah, it's just Gail Carragher in all of those places. <laughs> um, and there's a contact page on my website, which is also gailcarragher.com. And uh, that says everywhere I am. Sweet. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been great. So we're going to leave you with this episode's book connection, a way to connect with other readers online with the use of this week's hashtag. And this week it's Redicit. Eh? Eh? You're going to have to spell that. I know. I'm going to have to spell it, but it's such a good little pun. That's R-E-A-D-I-Q-U-E-T-T. Like etiquette, but, but read, red. Read. Red. Red. For the word red. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got so it. We, guys, we want you to weigh in on this. So tweet your etiquette issues and solutions with the hashtag, and we'll all get in on this book debate. So if you like the show, please rate and review it on iTunes. It's really great for us, and it helps more people to find the show. And remember, a half transcript, half outline for the show is available on the Maximum Fun blog for all of our hearing impaired fans. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglasses. Thanks for listening. And And thanks thanks for reading. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.